We are reaching peak insanity in the National League wildcard chase right now. And guess what? It's no longer early. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, please look at my lower third, or you can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade right now. This is my fifth season, which we are now in the final third of at the Lockdown Podcast Network, because it's August. You can't say, ah, it's early, it's April, ah, it's early, it's May, ah, it's early, it's June, ah, it's early, it's July. No, it's August 1, and later on today, well, the trade deadline's going to happen, which means a lot of the stuff I'm going to say right on this podcast may be 100% obsolete, but the spirit will remain true. Uh, this game, this episode... It's, it's late. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Um, hey, let's just – oh, by the way, follow us at LOCKEDONMLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, assuming Twitter still exists or X or whatever the heck it's called now. Um. This is the last day I am going to have the impossible trivia question sit out there. Uh, I'm really stunned that some of my, my everyday Sully listeners haven't got this one yet. I'm throwing, I threw out a couple of hints, and I'm going to give a lot of credit to one of my uh, followers and an everyday Sully follower, which is, where is, where is the, uh, it's Kyle King. Kyle King's been trying to figure it out on Twitter. And Kyle King, you are getting really close. So here it is again. A postseason series ended. The final play of a postseason series was an RBI single from the visiting team. How is that possible? This happened. It's not an obscure year. I gave you a hint. It involved the San Francisco Giants. Someone said, well, maybe that's something to do with the earthquake series in 89. No. The final play of a postseason series had a was an RBI single by the visiting team. Now, Kyle King, who's at Hermit Kyle on Twitter, has been trying to figure it out. He's been taking the Rubik's Cube and spinning it around. And he said, I came up with a circumstance where it could happen. Visiting team is down by at least one run, two outs. Hitter hits a single and either runner and either another runner or that batter gets thrown out trying to advance an extra base. You're getting close. You're getting close. It involved an RBI single, but it also involved the final out of the series. You're getting real close, Kyle. Getting real close. If no one gets it by tomorrow, if I, if I wake up tomorrow morning and I don't see the answer, I'm handing it to you. I am handing it to you. 
I am just like I'm giving you all sorts of snowflakes of hints, giving you nice pudgy hints regarding this. I'm fishing for this, giving you a giant clue. I'm putting it out there, putting it out there. Nice snowy clues, nice pudgy hints, reeling in, fishing for an answer for this giant clue I'm giving you. All right, okay, I'm I'm practically telling you someone better figure it out right now because I've said most of the things involved. That was my son just walking right in there. That's how it works sometimes. Um, abs- absolute anarchy behind me and absolute craziness in the wild card chase. By the way, in the nationally wild card chase, if you're just waking up, and I'm going to sleep pretty soon, if you're just waking up, then the I will tell you that the nationally wild card situation looks like this. The San Francisco Giants, who lost in extra innings tonight to the Arizona Diamondbacks in a wild, weird game. And I'm telling you, folks, we have to get rid of the ghost runner. The ghost runner stinks. The ghost runner stinks. Did I mention the ghost runner stinks? It takes away all the interest out of an extra inning game. I digress. The Giants, as of this recording, have the top spot in the National League wildcard chase. The Philadelphia Phillies have the second spot in the National League wildcard chase. And in the third spot, the third, the final spot, you know the one that the Philadelphia Phillies got last year that they rode all the way to game six of the World Series? That spot is currently occupied by not one, not two, but three different teams. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who have been on a horrible slump, but somehow managed to win with the help of Ghost Runners a game tonight in San Francisco. The um, Milwaukee Brewers, who have lost a bunch of games recently and have fallen out of first place on a four-game losing streak. They've dropped seven of their last ten, but they're hanging on. And the Miami Marlins, who lost today, also are hanging on. The Diamondbacks, Brewers, and Marlins are all tied for the same spot. Now, the Marlins would be in a slightly better situation if they were able to rally late against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Marlins took an early 2-0 lead. Luis Arise did everything you could ask for me. He got a three-hit game. Jorge Soler got a home run early on. Everything looks, you know, looks fabulous. But Johan Rojas got a big two-run double. Joey Wendell made an amazing catch. Taiwan Walker pitched well, thank you very much. And the uh, the Phillies hung on for dear life, which is what you do when you put Craig Kimbrell on the mound to close out a game. Phillies doubled up the Marlins 4-2. to All right. What does that mean for the Brewers? Once again, you can't circle a calendar and say, ah, here's an easy win for us because the Brewers thought they had an easy win their way against the Washington Nationals, but it turned out to be a 5-3 victory for the Nats. Uh, Manessis, who kicked the um, Rockies when they were down last week, got the go-ahead two-run single that put the uh, uh, the Nats ahead in the seventh inning. And with that, the Brewers are slipping away from first place 
in the National League Central. The Reds are still in first place. You notice I didn't mention the Reds and the wildcards because the Reds are in, in first place in the Central. Um, in It was a 6-5 to five game. The Red Hot Cubs have now lost a couple of games in a row. Uh, Will Benson, big RBI double. Uh, Joey Votto, who gave that hilarious interview with Mike, uh, not Mike, I'm thinking of the, not Mike, but the mad dog, Chris Russo. Uh, go find that on YouTube. It's hilarious. Alexis Diaz saved the game as a six to five thriller against the Chicago Cubs. Um, and I mentioned the D backs game with the Giants. So you have all those teams right now. And this is one of the reasons why this trade deadline that we're facing right now is so fascinating because you have all these teams just all clustered together. And no team is running away with it. None of those teams look particularly dominant. Atlanta won again. Uh, no, Atlanta lost today. I'm sorry. Atlanta lost today. Um, and uh, But Atlanta is still, in my very humble, Atlanta lost to the Angels, which is had some interest to the American League wildcard, which I'll talk about a little bit after the break here. But you have just complete craziness going on with with all the teams that are bunched together. None of them are playing particularly well. And so you know that a decent player here or there could be worth one extra win or maybe two extra wins. And that's probably the difference between playing the postseason and playing golf. And so for all these teams, I mean, you you – if you have a valuable trade ship, you have to be calling up to all these teams and saying like, hey, there's a chance to completely justify your year this year. And the deadline is in a matter of hours. And, you know, with some of the craziness that's going on there, you're going to see a little bit of anarchy happening. You're going to see a little bit of craziness happening. The There are, you know, a bunch of trades None were raging blockbusters. The Diamondbacks have been picking up some players. Uh, Paul Sewald, because the D-backs have had tons of bullpen issue. Paul Sewald came over for three players from Seattle. The D-backs also got Jace Peterson from the Oakland A's. Are any of those groundbreaking deals? No, but that might be a little difference here or there. You know, the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm sorry, are the other team that's tied. You have the Diamondbacks, the Brewers and the Marlins are all tied for that third wildcard spot. So Mark Canna, the Brewers trade for Mark Canna. A, a hit here or there could make all the difference. The Cubs right now are only three back in the loss column, and they pick up Heimer Candelario, which I think was the biggest move made in this entire uh, in, in this eve of the trade deadline. Heimer Candelario is a very good third baseman. Guess what? He's now in Chicago. The Giants, as Giants, I mentioned, pick up A.J. Pollock, who's obviously not having a great season, but you're not asking him to have a great season. You're asking him to have a pretty good seven or eight weeks. And maybe that's that change of scenery or waking up and going, hey, I'm no longer flopping on the deck like a marlin covered in snow. I'm going to keep making hints for what the answer is. I've got a bunch of other good questions. Um, all those teams are, are right there in the thick of it. And the great thing is that every day it's going to feel like a new, there's going to new order or something like that. So look at 
we're going to see we're waiting for the for the blockbuster because a blockbuster from any one of those teams could very well mean the difference between a playoff spot and not and one team is trading away players and i have a sense that their fans if they accept what they're doing should be happy especially if they pull off a blockbuster tomorrow Hey, let's talk a little bit about game time. Now, look at I went to a couple of games over the weekend between the Red Sox and the Giants. Not the easiest tickets to get, unless you want to sit in the nose, please. We want to get a decent ticket. You have to sort of look around, find it, find the right seat, find the right location, and look for the best deals, especially those last-minute deals. I got a great last-minute deal on Friday, and I got it through game time. Buying tickets for your favorite events, like me going to the Red Sox-Giants game, that shouldn't be stressful. It should only be stressful watching those extra inning games. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater near you. Great deals, killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped about the fun you'll have. And I did have fun in Oracle Park with my tickets. You get the image of the seat. You say, hey, that's not where I want to see it. I think I'll get those tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. And the tickets are emailed right to you. You get it right on your app. So you don't have to go fudging around for those emails. And let me tell you something. You got to snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the name Locked on MLB as a code for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code. Locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. Do you know what they are? They're guaranteed. A little bit of a cough there. Forgive me there. The Mets. Look, at, I talked about this the other day with Bill and Thomas, and the Mets are dangling uh, Mr. Verlander to several teams, and I kind of think they have to. They have to do it. They have to pull the trigger on this trade. Now, it doesn't look like he's going to be going to Houston for a Houston reunion. He's probably not going to go to Detroit for a Detroit reunion. Um, the Dodgers are an interesting case. By the way, it would end any speculation of, well, would they accept him because he was a member of the 2017 Astros who cheated? La, 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 la. Knock it off. They're just in one thing and one thing only, and that's winning. Um, there is a team that I think Justin Verlander is a incredible fit for. And if he was on that team, um, I think it would it might put them right into the World Series. And that's the Baltimore Orioles. There have been rumors that he might be heading to the Baltimore Orioles. There's certainly a team that have um, some young pieces that the Mets might be interested in. Uh, I was big on having the Orioles trade for Shohei Otani. I felt it would have been worth Jackson Holiday, their top prospect, arguably the top prospect in all of baseball, to get Shohei Otani even as a rental because it might be the difference between them making the World Series or not. But you take a look at the team. Kyle Gibson, Dean Kramer, Kyle Bradish, 
uh, Grayson Rodriguez, who pitched really well in his last game, Cole Irvin. These, this is there's some talent in some of those players, but you don't really have a ace in that staff. Meanwhile, you take a look at Felix Bautista. You have got Cano. They just acquired Fujinami. Um, and then you have, uh, uh, you know, Brian Baker's had a fine season. Uh, Danny, uh, Danny Colombe has had, a, has had a good season. They've got a very good bullpen. And they have some okay starters. If you add Justin Verlander, and again, you're not going to get even last year's Justin Verlander. I was about to say, you have to go a long way back to think of Justin Verlander when he was a Cy Young Award, or you have to go back months. It's been months since Justin Verlander won a Cy Young Award. Um, you're not going to get a Cy Young performance out of him, but if you get a good performance out of him, that he will take some of the pressure off of some of those starting pitchers, take some of the pressure off of those relief pitchers, to me, it's worth sending a blue chip prospect to the Mets for that. If you're the Toronto, if you're the, uh, well, the Blue Jays could please do, but if you are the Baltimore Orioles, I think that would be ideal. Again, I also think Tampa Bay would be a great fit for him as well. And there would have to be a tremendous amount of contract eating this way or that. I don't know which way he's going to go. I think Baltimore is the perfect fit for him. I think the Orioles, if they pull this off, then you're putting them in a position where suddenly they become the favorites. We may have a Baltimore Orioles, Texas Rangers, American League Championship Series, by the way things are going. And, you know, I mean, and I'm all for that. I'm all for that. And I love the moves that they're making. Now, I also think that it's wise for the Mets to be making these moves too. And I'll tell you why. You know, I mentioned this the other day. Um, they're not going anywhere. This is not their year. So you are better off taking some of the older pieces, knowing that it's a seller's market, knowing you'd be able to bring in a couple of good, solid players for them and free up some space and free up some pay space, especially if you're going to make a run at some of the great free agents that include Shohei Otani coming up this off season. I'm telling you something here. Listen to me right here and also right now. You're going to, if Met fans can be a little patient, I'm going to say three names to you. And this is under the assumption that if Verlander, let's say Verlander is dealt to whomever they're going to deal him to, they're going to have to get a top prospect because Baltimore's got a ton of prospects. There's a lot of good young pitching in Los Angeles. Those are probably the two most likely landing spots. So I wish Tampa Bay could be a landing spot for him as well. I just don't think it's going to happen. But, okay, before you get too angry about, oh, my God, they've gone through, a, this is a rebuild, it's a real, it's not a complete teardown. Everyone relax. Right now, they've dealt away Mark Canna. He was sent packing to um, Milwaukee. David Robertson was sent packing to Miami. Max Scherzer was sent to Texas. Okay. I'm going to say three names to you. Justin Jarvis, Luis Angel Acuna, Marco Vargas. Now, we went all over Luis Acuna, uh, Luis Angel Acuna, when we did the show at um, Oracle Park. He's a tremendous talent, maybe a man without a position, but is an Acuna. And if he can have even a fraction of his brother's talent, then 
that's worth it. Justin Jarvis, solid 23-year-old starting pitching prospect from the Milwaukee Brewers, brought in from the Marcana trade. Marco Vargas has been tearing it up as an 18-year-old. Yes, he's he is like in single A right now, low single A, but he is a excellent young infielder that they've now inserted into their farm system. If they can get a blue chipper for for Verlander, and you know they'll be able to, suddenly the Mets have added four pieces, four coveted prospects that are just injected immediately into their system. And if it should come to the point where the Mets are in a World Series in the next couple of years, if Justin Jarvis, Luis Angel Acuna, or Marcos Vargas, Marco Vargas have anything to do with it, then these trades were worth it. The Mets are going to spend money. And the Mets are going to try to win. But if it doesn't work, then you retool. Now, there's one other factor the Mets fans have to bring up. You have to take a good long look at doing this. And hear me out. Fire Buck Showalter. Do I think Buck Showalter is a bad manager? No. Do I think that Buck Showalter is the reason why the Mets are having a disappointing season? No. Do I think Buck Showalter is a fine manager? Yes. Then why am I saying fire him? Because of what a firing of Buck Showalter means. And we are seeing this with Baltimore. Baltimore has suddenly put together a team that looks like they may be World Series bound. Looks like they may be the team to head to the American League Championship Series. And maybe right now, who who would you pick against Baltimore? Tampa? Maybe with a good weekend. Texas? Not sure yet. Minnesota or Cleveland, which everyone gets out of the Central? Nah. And any of the ones that, what, it's going to be Toronto, Houston, the Angels? Notice I didn't say Red Sox, Yankees. I'll tell you why in the next segment. The Orioles look like as good a pick as anybody to win the pennant, the American League. What does this have to do with Baltimore Orioles? What does it have to do with Buck Showalter? Brandon Hyde is the manager of the Orioles, a team that could very well go to the World Series. Who was the previous manager? Buck Showalter. Okay, so what? Buck Showalter was the manager of the Yankees in 1995. He was let go after the 1995 season. The Yankees won the 1996 World Series. Buck Showalter was the original manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was let go after the 2000 season. The Diamondbacks win the World Series in 2001. Then he went to Texas. He helped put together a team. He was dismissed. Ron Washington took over, and the Rangers got to within one Nelson Cruz leap of winning the World Series. They went to the pennant back-to-back years. He, he manages the Baltimore Orioles. They have ups, downs. some reason, he doesn't bring in his top reliever with a playoff series on the line he's fired and now they look like a world series bound team whenever showalter gets fired the team puts together a pennant winner sorry i hit my mic right there let me say it again whenever showalter gets fired 
The team winds up going to the World Series, and it looks like the Baltimore Orioles are the latest team to do that. So if Met fans, are you looking to go have your team in the World Series? Then by gosh, by golly, you have one job to do, and that's to fire Buck Showalter, because every time he gets fired, that team goes to the World Series. Of course, that could be a coincidence, my whole Buck Showalter thing. But, heck, I've seen a pattern develop here. Um, I'm going to try my best not to talk that much about the Red Sox or the Yankees uh, unless there's something to talk about. Because, you know, the Red Sox, I saw them live the last few you know days and when they were in San Francisco. Their bats look dead. Their bats look dead. And But they've developed a couple of young players and – I think that they're going to be a good team in 2024 and beyond. If they win a wild card spot, fantastic. Not expecting it. But, you know, I'm glad that they're showing some life and contending. But it's just, I think it's clear that they are a year or so away from being a real contender. The Yankees, on the other hand, they lost again to Tampa Bay. And it was home run derby. You know, the, the Tampa Bay Rays could just homer at will. And they brought in Domingo Herman to pitch the final five innings of the game. I'm not 100% sure what was going on there. The race off to a big lead, and then Herman comes in, and he throws five innings of shutout ball. Isn't he a starter? Didn't he just throw a perfect game? I know he's been up and down, but why would you use five innings of Herman as a mop-up guy? I don't understand. I don't understand. Here's what I do know. the Yankees when they're not playing the A's or the Royals, they're three games under 500. They are 47 and 50 against teams not called the Royals or A's. So they are a mediocre team. The Red Sox are slightly better than a mediocre team, but I don't think they've got what it got. So the thing that's so wild about the Yankees is they obviously, I mean, they have desperate need of offense. You know, they're bringing in Sean Casey, to be the new hitting coach, congratulations. They've played 15 games since his arrival, and nine of them, they've scored three runs or fewer. And a, a, two of those games, at least at least, at least least one of those games, I think two of those games took place in Coors Field. That includes a series against Kansas City. So they just can't score. And yet you're starting to see players like, you know, Randall Grichik and C.J. Cron wound up being traded back to the Angels. I was saying that the Yankees should be trading for Grichik. Yes, I know they're two right-handed heavy. They just need a few actual hitters in their lineup. Not that Randall Grichik is the second coming of Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez or even J.T. Snow. How many hints can I drop? But for God's sakes, if the Yankees don't do anything in this trade deadline to improve the team, then they should just start dumping everyone off. Now, we're starting to see it at... MLB trade rumors, it sounds like the Yankees are going to be trading away their pending free agents. And do you know what? That might be the smarter move. That might be because, you know, right now, I mean, I, I talked about how crazy the National League wild card is. The American League wild card is a little more tame. The Red Sox are the closest team on the outside looking in, and they're two and a half games out. But right now, with the Red Sox loss and the Yankees loss, the Yankees are now tied with the Seattle Mariners. 
for third place in the wild card standing. And the Angels just leapfrogged the Yankees and are now behind Boston. And they're only half a game behind Boston. So if the Red Sox lose and the Angels win, then the Angels will leapfrog the Red Sox. And if that happens, you know, I, I don't mind if the Red Sox trade away their pending free agents, you know, flush that farm system with young players. But the weird thing is the Yankees, if they had made a trade earlier, and there were a bunch of people, including Stacey Katsoulias, who were screaming for them to make a trade. If they made a trade earlier, or if they made a trade, and, and what I said they should have done, go back and listen to the podcast. When Judge went on disabled list, and it was clear he was not on the disabled list just for the week, I said they have to just get a professional hitter, any professional hitter. And I believe I said Randall Grichik. Not that I thought he was going to be a great player, but because they need to make sure there was a major leaguer in that spot. And they didn't have that. And now they're thinking about selling off. Did none of us, I think I'm about to say a sentence that's grammatically incorrect, but it's late. Did nobody, I think that's where I think we're back on track, learn the lessons of the 2021 Braves, who, by the way, were in bad shape at this point in 2021. They had a losing record. They had lost Acuna. They had lost their entire starting outfield. Ozuna, um, I mean, they, their, their outfield was a mess. And they brought in Rosario. They brought in Soler. They brought in um, Peterson. And with those three moves, they made sure there was a major leaguer there. Now, of course, Soler went on to be the World Series MVP, and Rosario went on to be the NLCS MVP. And so they caught fire at the right time. But you have to make sure, if you're trying to contend, you have major leaguers at your position. They were starting minor leaguers in New York, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in left field. If they had made a move in when Judge went down, was it 45, 46 days ago, whatever it was, and made sure, no, they're not going to have freaking Aaron Judge's production, but they're going to have a major league player there. If they had done that, I think the Yankees would be in much better shape right now. They'd be a hell of a lot closer to a playoff spot instead of being sellers. But the interesting thing about this podcast is that it's critical I get something out before the trade deadline uh, tomorrow, but at the same time, the big news will probably make this episode obsolete. So on that note, I'm going to wrap this up, but I am going to make my prediction. My prediction is that Verlander will go to the Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees will be sellers. And I think there's one more big blockbuster. I think it's going to be Dylan Cease. And I think he's going to go to the LA Dodgers. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I've never been wrong telling you to go to Lockdown and Milby Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about anarchy, talking about craziness, and talking about how the two teams that everyone well, certainly ESPN always wants to win because of their fan bases are slowly falling into also-ran territory. This is Locked On MLB for the first day of August 2023. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.